Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today our guest is not a teacher, but he does play one on TV. The show is The Wire. Our guest is the actor Jim True Frost, but you may know him better as Mr. Presbo, the former Baltimore cop-turned-math teacher in this gritty portrayal of life in the inner city. Welcome to the EdCast, Jim. Jim, how has playing a teacher changed the way you look at education or emphasize the importance or challenge of the teaching profession? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's changed, but it's certainly deepened my appreciation for the work of teachers and educators in general. Uh, you know, the story was a really deep investigation of a lot of pretty complex education issues, and it was also a very personal tale for my character and his contact with the students and his relationships. So it, it affected me very deeply. I, I have to say every time a, teach, a teacher stops me on the street to say, hey, I really appreciated your story in The Wire and your work you did, I, I immediately feel a reciprocal appreciation for the work that the teachers are doing because uh, I think the, the show, the, the story anyway, really uh, helped me understand how, how challenging that work can be and how important it is. Jim, our own dean here at the Ed School is a big fan of the show, and she specifically sent in a, a question here, and she wants to know, how did you prepare for this role as a teacher with respect to your development over time? As your confidence grew, so did the teacher's confidence grow. How did you kind of change over the time? One word, marriage. <laughs> I am married to a woman who taught in the Baltimore schools. So truth be told, I, I was doing my preparation for Presbo's turn from the police into the schools um, before The Wire ever started shooting and before I shot three seasons as a cop. I, I, my, my contact with uh, the story of Baltimore was through my wife who had taught at Booker T. Washington Middle School for two years with Teach for America. Um, and incidentally then for two years at the Mott Hall School in Harlem. Um, and my preparation wasn't so much like, you know, reading books about Baltimore or about education or, or um, visiting Baltimore schools. It was really kind of uh, just getting in touch with this groundwork that had been laid for years through my conversations with my wife about her experiences, which read like you know, season four of The Wire. And she had had, you know, virtually every turn of the story in season four was something I'd heard about in some way from Cora before we ever started the show. Um, so in that way, the hardest, one of the hardest jobs of the actor was already done for me. I had something very real and very tangible. It wasn't something that I had to go out and see, okay, well, I've seen it on the page, now how can I see it in real life, or how, how do I make these stories come to life in my imagination? Because I'd been very vividly schooled by, by Cora in things like, you know, the, the challenges of a teacher who's got kids who are nutritionally challenged, or a kid, uh, a t teacher who's got um, kids who are troubled by violence in the home or violence on the street, uh, or kids who are extremely promising uh, uh, intellectually and, and, and by, you know, 
dint of personality, could be just complete winners in life, and yet have all the decks stacked against them in terms of their their economic background and their their home life. So all those things, you know, had names. You know, I'd heard stories with kids with first and last names from from my wife. Um, so that's a, a huge part of it for me. The character's largely based on writer-producer Ed Burns' experiences as a former cop-turned-teacher. How has he coached you or guided you in making this character so real? And where else did you look, aside from your wife and him? Well, that's another, that, that's the main second ingredient besides my wife, was Ed and his, his um, tales of, of teaching. Most of, many of them are told in the, in the script, and others he, you know, talked to me about personally, or just not so much events, but just, you know, his feelings and uh, about his experiences. Um, so that was very informal. It wasn't a, a, a process I could describe so much as just he'd be around on the set and he'd say, oh, yeah, I remember one day when something like this happened to me or, you know, and sometimes it was like, well, it wasn't really like this. This is the way it was in real life and stuff like that. And that, um, again, gave me somebody very... Uh, a very strong example of of somebody who'd been been there and walked the walk um, to learn from. Um, in a way, another place that I I turned, and this isn't so much about the specifics of education, so much as it is just a, on a personal level, to the kids who were the actors in the show, and I don't mean just the four leads but the 25 kids that were just row after row of kids in my classroom and the other classroom, some of them were just extras or some of them were glorified extras, you know, with one or two lines of dialogue. Um, all of them very limited in terms of acting experience, but also all of them, two or one, were very committed and very, you know, humbled by the experience. It's like they knew they were part of telling a story that was important it wasn't just wow what a f what a riot we're on a set of a movie and we're, you know it, it was like some they had the same sort of shared sense of of mission and commitment that everybody else in the show had just by magic I mean it was really something of course it wasn't magic it was a lot of things you know they had um, Robert Chu who played uh, prop Joe proposition Joe was sort of an acting teacher and coach for them um, and the the staff, the crew of you know assistant directors and casting director all also played a part in sort of instilling them with a sense of uh, professionalism. So anyway, just having their faces around, and they were Baltimore kids. I mean, some more or less really close to the um, urgent problems that were de described in the show. Some of them were probably from very you know happy or even affluent homes. But just as a group of kids, you know, um, who were that age, if nothing else, and living that bizarre life of being a middle schooler, you know, it was very real. And they were there every day I was there, um, giving their energy and their kooky, you know, enthusiasm and, and uh, subversive <laughs> energy. I mean, they were very professional, but you also got these, you know, rumbles and waves of laughter and silliness from time to time so that was a big part of it for me too I felt like I was in a classroom of kids because there was a bunch of you know 12 year olds out there 
think what's really interesting is The Wire has really become more than just a show. It's a movement now. The cast has come to Harvard to speak several times. Episodes are used in college classrooms. The, the actors go on lecture series across the country. The show has effectively become a teaching tool. Now, in your experiences, what are you finding its best teaching? I'm not the right person to ask. And I, I have visited a couple of those classrooms, and I've done my best to just talk from my experience. Sometimes they want to know about the process of uh, filmmaking, and sometimes they want to know about, um, you know, gossip, cast gossip. <laughs> um, and sometimes there's really trenchant conversation about social issues. One class was a really heavy sociology course at Harvard about, uh, taught by William Julius Wilson, you know, where they just talked for two hours about these, about sociology scholarship they were reading, and The Wire was just kind of a loose side note, like, yeah, there's an illustration of that theme we're reading about in this textbook. Um, other classes are a little bit more focused on the, the show as a work of fiction and um, of social realist, realistic fiction. Um, personally, I, I, I don't know. You know. I don't know what its use is as a teaching tool. I know it's speaking to, it, I'm thrilled that it's speaking to people the way it is. My access or my touch point is, is as an artist, you know, so I'm just thrilled to have taken part in a story that really moved people and that was, that really touched real experiences of a wide array of people and different social, from different social backgrounds and from different representing different institutions that are represented in the show, from the schools to the city government to the police. Um, so, you know, I, I see my, my role as, you know, getting people to feel something and to, to uh, open their hearts a little bit. As to, like, teaching and educating, that's certainly a role of, of that art can play and does play, I think, in the case of The Wire. Um, but I don't set out to be that teacher. That's the writer's job, you know? And now it's the, the professor's job to say, oh, can we use this to illustrate or to um, shine a light on certain social dynamics or, or institutional dynamics? I think it's very difficult to not ask you questions as Jim Trufrost, but more questions uh, suitable more for Mr. Presbo. Are you now finding a closer alignment between you and his character? Are you happy becoming this sort of urban education champion and cheerleader for education and having teachers come up to you in the street and say thank you? Acting is weird. I don't know. <laughs> I, My sense of who Presbo is, is very strange because I, you know, I don't have the objective distance to sort of see him as a character the way a viewer does who doesn't know me at all. Um, and, and I also don't have uh, the distance to sort of compare whatever it is that I created as a character to who I am as a person. I knew I absorbed all those experiences, I absorbed all that dialogue and those relationships in this weird thing that happens when you're acting and creating, doing a work of creative fiction and creative artistry. Um, so how, I don't know how the character affected me. He's certainly a, a part of me and I have, you know, I had a huge, empathy because that's my job as an actor so when he was 
you know, raising hell in the projects in season one and knocking a kid across the face or shooting a, a hole in the wall <laughs> by accident with his revolver in the station house, um, you know, and, and screwing up in those ways or when he was doing a little bit better and putting the case together and learning how to uh, use the wiretap um, to when he was in the classroom and all those stories that people are familiar with in season four. Um, th those were all of a piece for me. They're all things that I sort of stepped into as you know, first-hand experiences and something that weren't that weren't to be judged either as laudable, like oh, he's made such a difference in this kid's life, or or you know, or or to condemn him for making mistakes. You know, it's more just like it's a life, it's a life lived, and I sort of lived that character's life for the screen. Um, but it's hard to uh, evaluate from the outside. I think what's very interesting is TeacherPortal.com put out an article of the 10 most iconic teachers in television and film. You were ranked number three just above Richard Dreyfuss from Mr. Holland's Opus and below Robin Williams in the Dead Poet Society. You're laughing right now for our <laughs> audio viewers. Do you, think you, do you think your portrayal will change the landscape of casting and writing for teachers and media and film? And how do you feel about that? You are one of the most iconic teachers ever have appeared in film or television? Well, I'm, I, I'm laughing just because it seems absurd um, to be considered in that company, and I'm really humbled and, and glad that I can be or that some people view the work that way. I, it's all, you know, the work of the writers, and I, I think, I mean, in terms of the, I think what touched people so deeply is that this teacher's story you know, I'm not going to lump all those other top ten teacher stories together, but in general, we've seen a lot over the years of these inspirational teacher stories that are, because TV and film and the mass media is what it is, they tend to be a little two-dimensional and a little bit, you know, uh, artificial in terms of the arc of the story, you know, the embattled... Uh, overburdened person in a position, how are they ever going to get through this and how are they going to reach those students to some kind of inspirational finish where they where they succeed and where the kids change, lives are changed and relationships are forged. And I'm sure the landscape has changed with this story because of how complex it is. Just like all the rest of the stories in The Wire, there's no there's no easy ending. There's no inspirational finish. There are, you know, some lessons learned, but some lessons go unlearned, and some, and and they're all equally important because that's the type of storytelling this is, and that type of storytelling is just a lot closer to life, and in that way, you know, I think gives a new, a new part of the landscape of stories about teachers. So, you know, it's thrilling. I mean, just as an audience member, I find that thrilling because I love stories that are that uh, complicated and um, open-ended. Um, as for the ranking and the, you know, that's all crazy. I mean, awards and uh, top tens are all kind of silly in a way, but just to have been noticed and uh, considered as part of the the canon is, is just phenomenal. I'm very proud and very thrilled. What, what's next for you? To some, you'll always be known as Mr. Presbo. What are you hoping to have other people notice you as? Well, um, to ever 
get to play a role like this one is probably too much to Again, is is too much to be wished for. Um, it's such a once in a lifetime thing. But I I keep working. Luckily, I've been doing some episodic, guest starring things, playing various pedophiles and murderers, which is always very fun. Law and Order and Chase and all the rest. Uh, and and a little closer to what we've been talking about, I have a recurring role on Treme, which is David Simon's and Eric Overmeyer's. Uh, newer show on HBO taking place in New Orleans and telling some in some of the same very rich storytelling fashion telling some stories of people uh, after Katrina in New Orleans including musicians and my character is the New York uh, music business manager of one of these um, trumpet players out of New Orleans who's making a name for himself so we're in the second season of that I've done three or four episodes of that show and that's been a lot of fun and uh I'm a father of a two-and-a-half-year-old who's going to be making his way into the schools pretty soon, so I've got a lot, of, a lot of that on my mind as well. Last question, Jim, and thanks so much for appearing. Having played Mr. Presbo, was there ever a moment when you said, maybe I'll just give up this whole acting thing and become a teacher? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, I have to admit with shame that I, that I didn't because I really think that's a calling that's incredibly valuable and important. Um, uh, it, we actors go through that all the time, just kind of feeling ashamed of the kind of idle, you know, uh, ephemeral and, um, and, and somewhat uh, self-indulgent nature of the work we do. It's not, uh, it's not as, as, um, as easily, uh, grasped as a you know as a contribution to society and all the needs that our society has so yeah there were moments on the subway when I saw those those signs for you know be a teaching fellow or whatever or teach for America and I and I uh, or apply to the Harvard Graduate School of Education <laughs> I've been here a few years and I they I managed to av avoid that very difficult <laughs> path so I'm gonna keep acting <laughs> Jim Trufas, we're very proud and grateful that you came on the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Matt. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.